The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Nurse gets around Harkins, takes it out wide against Kulikov on a backhand center, one-timer score. Tyler Yamamoto again, his second of the night, fourth of the preseason, and the Oilers are within 5-3 with 39 seconds to play. Kyler Yamamoto, your best Edmonton Oiler tonight. Two more goals. He has four in two preseason contests. The Oilers, however, lose 5-3 to the Winnipeg Jets, who get two goals from Mark Scheifele, two goals from Sherwood Park native Skyler McKenzie. Blake Wheeler also scored. Ethan Bear had the other tally for the Oilers. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 8.53, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. Well, this was an interesting game, Rob. You had a, a very good Jets lineup, and they definitely showed off some skill, some great shots tonight. We'll talk about Koskinen's game in net uh, about how you evaluate that on on defense i think there are massive question marks remaining over the six seven and even eight spots if, if they keep eight to start the season but we'll start with the positive and and that's yamamoto okay monday kind of an ahl slash junior mm-hmm. prospect game he scores a couple good for him well tonight he scores two on a guy who was a top five if not top three goaltender in the NHL last season and what the thing I like about Yamamoto Rob he's around the offensive net all the time he is and you're always fearful when a young player comes into the National Hockey League especially a young player that's smaller you know what are they going to do when they start playing against bigger men being an offensive guy in junior is one thing you're, you can find mismatches out there you'll be finding you'll be playing against guys that'll be beer league guys a year and a half from now and then all of a sudden you go to the NHL and you got all-stars you had guys that are you know 6'4 6'5 230 240 leaning on you and, and some younger players and, and smaller in stature players shy away and they become perimeter players. Well, Yamamoto doesn't. And we saw that on uh, well, all, th- all three goals that he was on for. He was, it was right in the blue paint. He tipped one in the blue paint. He screened a goalie on the second one. And the third one, he drove the net back post. Uh, so he understands that he doesn't have a, a, a liney shot where he's going to be able to go and find a quiet spot and just one-time it from about 30 feet out. He has to be around the net. Now, he's got great hands, got great vision. Uh, both his goals were great eye-hand coordination. The one where he tipped out of the air, the, per- the nurse passed back door. It bounced just before it got to him. But you love the fact that he's hanging around the net. When you hang around the net, good things happen. And there's been no shyness in his game. He knows where the, the big boys are, and he's not afraid to mix it up and get involved with them. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. He got that nine-game audition last season, played a lot with McDavid. We came into this year's camp thinking the lines were more or less set, mm-hmm. depending on some of the performances, obviously, but you can't argue with what Raddy's done so far. Pooley, Yarvey, Strom, and Kara have looked like they're increasingly comfortable as a trio. I mean, I don't think, and you go back to Ratty, I don't, there's no reason to break no, up Pete McDavid and, and Nugent Hopkins at this point. Reader and Lucic and Dreisaitl are perceived to be a line, and, and then you get some depth guys. So it, 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 could Yamamoto push Lucic or Reader aside? 
would you keep him here if he's going to be on the fourth line in the NHL? I mean, wouldn't he be better served playing on a top two line in the AHL as opposed to a fourth line in the NHL? Yes, I, I don't think you keep him here as a fourth line player because a fourth line is not going to get a lot of ice time. Uh, and they're going to be put in situations. A lot of times, fourth lines are, are put in defensive situations. Where you got a Brodsbeck, who's a very good uh, centerman, winning draws. So, you know, it's a fourth line in your own zone, uh, playing against the other team's top players, and you feel comfortable. Well, you're not going to feel comfortable with Yamamoto out there against the Shifley line, playing defensively. Uh, know what you're going to see in the next few games. Going to, they continue as Todd always does. He keeps lines together throughout the whole preseason. Has the dry set of Lucic rider line been as good as the others. We Strom's looked at his line has looked pretty comfortable together. No, they've played more too. Yeah, you know, they have. No, I agree. And McDavid, though, McDavid's played the same as Drysdale, and they looked really comfortable in their one game. But has Ryder showed enough that he is an automatic there? Or can he move down and he move Kara down one spot? Now all of a sudden you have uh, a line of right. Strom, Pugliarvi, and Ryder. And then you have Kara playing with Cassian and Brodzik, which actually makes the fourth line stronger. I don't mind Kajula's game right now, but having a Kara on that well, fourth Kira line. Kara looked quite confident. Yes, right. yes, and he looks good, so he'd be good on your fourth line. So all of a sudden Yamamoto's playing with a dry settle and a Lucic. Now you've got the small-statured Yamamoto with two monsters. So I don't think at the beginning of training camp there was any thought of the lines being any different than what they thought they were going to be. But I think a Yamamoto like he did last year, has pushed himself into the equation. And I wouldn't be shocked if there was a game coming up where you have Yamamoto playing on a line with Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, you might as well give him a shot. Yep. I mean, and, and I don't, and, you know, if whether it's Raddy or Reader or who comes off, I think they... they and, I don't think Raddy it'll be Raddy. I don't think it'll be Raddy. Raddy especially would understand, but... But I don't think it'll be Raddy. I think Raddy has done more than enough. Sure. I don't think, I don't think Yamamoto has outplayed Raddy. But Yamamoto has outplayed anyone else down the lineup. You take away, so the, the line of Connor McDavid, all three of them have played as good, if not better, than Yamamoto. I don't know if there's a player below that line in the lineup that has outplayed Yamamoto. Well, and, and you reference the two, you notice Yamamoto. Always. So he gets two goals, and he's screening the goalie on the third goal. Mm-hmm. And he's in front of the net. I mean, there was a puck battle. He's he's tying up Tyler Myers. Yeah, now, all the way up. There's yeah. a foot difference in height. I mean, at some point, we're gonna have to stop. It might even be more than a foot. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he you don't you don't go out there and say, oh yeah, well he just. I mean, he's he's involved. He always he's involved all the time and tougher jet. And again, not the full Jets team tonight, but a tougher Jets team. Mm-hmm. And great goalie was in there, and 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 you still notice him. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Yamamoto, big positive for the Oilers tonight, even though they lose five three to the Jets. We have James on the line. Hi, James. Hello, Rob. You guys just took most of my thunder with uh, talking about uh, Yamamoto. I still think he might be making a case to make the team. My only comment is that. Uh, Talking to the media earlier, uh, yesterday or earlier today, that Todd McClellan said with the lineup he was looking for somebody to, uh, someone or more than one person to uh, step up and and be a leader with the lineup that went tonight. And uh, you only have to point to uh, Kyler Yamamoto to say uh, he showed great leadership tonight. That's a great point, James. Thanks. And that's, I think, relevant to a successful team is that there are always core leaders mm-hmm. and your captains but it doesn't always have to be 
the most experienced guys or the guys wearing letters. Some nights, uh, a younger player might say, "Okay, I'm I'm going to do this. I'm I'm going to take responsibility tonight." I mean, I don't want to get carried away. No, with Yamamoto either. But yeah, I mean, he was he he was consistent tonight, and he did he did everything he was supposed to. Well, and most of the players that are younger on the team are leaders from where they've come from. They were leaders in their junior team, leaders on their college team. So they, the majority of players that make it to the National Hockey League have got that inner strength in them. And they know how to be leaders. And they also know that when it's time to allow someone to, 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 to lead them. But uh, Yamamoto, had, he had a strong game. He, obviously, he's playing for more than some other guys that are in the lineup tonight. Uh, his he does not know where he's starting the season, whereas some players are assured spots. But he has done everything he's needed to do to prove that he plays in the NHL. We're going to get to some texts as well. Obviously, there are some uh, questions about the goaltending and the defense uh, on the text line. So if I don't read yours specifically, we will cover off those topics. And we're going to get get to Danny on the phone line right away. The 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 wingers who you have hoped would step up. Most of them mm-hmm, have, mm-hmm. so that that's been a positive out of camp, yeah. And now halfway through the preseason, on on defense, okay. So you got the five: Clefbaum, Larson, Nurse, Russell, Benning that are going to be on the team. Sure, some of those guys have to bounce back from last year, but you feel, yeah. you know, comfortable that they're going to perform within a certain range. Uh, Yerbeck has not. I, I think Yerbeck has flat out not played well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gravel has been. Okay, and Garrison has maybe been okay. Uh, I know there's a lot of Ethan Bear fans out there. I just don't know if they're ready to put him on the team yet. And you keep going, you know, Bouchard's puck skills are excellent. Yes. His defensive game needs work, but to me, he's the leading candidate for the number six role. Maybe a little bit by default, but. Yep. Well, it, it's funny, you and I were talking then. Young players or players on PTOs or players trying out one opportunities. They want to be seen more and more by the coaching staff, by the GM, to make the case why they want to be here. Yamamoto is a great example. The more he's on the ice, the more you love him, the more you think he deserves to be here. Bouchard actually is making his case by not even playing some nights because the players that are in there are not stepping forward. And Yerbeck is a perfect example. He he did not have a strong game tonight. And I, the the kid that walked him today, what was his name? Seuss or Sis? Oh, Cease. He walks. He absolutely walked around him. And and it wasn't like it was Wheeler or Shifley or or Liney that walked him. It was a guy that, I mean, is going to be in the minors or junior somewhere this year, and and completely turned him inside out. And that wasn't just. And it wasn't just the one time tonight where. And he I'll, threw a pass away. We yeah. Waiting to see him make a great long pass. And we haven't seen it yet. Away. So Bouchard, if Bouchard started the season, he would have the best hands of any defenseman on the Oilers. Despite the fact of his age, he's got more potential offensively than any player the Oilers currently have on their team. There are going to be deficiencies in his game defensively because he's, he's a young defenseman that's just learning the game. But the Oilers, the, the PTO guys that have come in have been okay. Well, we haven't seen Upshaw. I don't and, but, but I'm just talking on the back end, on though. The back but end. the back end, they just did okay. Um, uh, I... <laughs> To me, Bouchard starting the season here, unless something drastically changes over the next couple of days, and also now what comes into play, do they, and you, you brought it up to me off air, do they make a move to bring in a sixth defenseman? Yeah. Because what they've brought hasn't been up to par as of yet. 5-3, the Jets beat the Oilers. Yamamoto scores twice. Ethan Bear gets the other one. 780-496-0063. And we have Danny on the line. Go ahead, Danny. 
Hey guys, love the show. Um, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Matt Benning, who's been kind of lost in the shuffle here. Um, you know, he's he's someone that no doesn't get a whole lot of recognition, I find. But uh, for a guy that's just, you know, Peter found in the, I think he drafted him in Boston originally, and then brought him into Edmonton, and just showed up and played his minutes, and and you know had a rough year last year. I think unfair. He kind of got stapled to an injured cleft bomb all last year. But you know, his two preseason games here so far, he's what three points 20 minutes a night just kind of playing his game i think he's one of kind of a dark horse to have a really good year here yeah i agree i'm a i'm a benning fan i i always have been i think that sometimes uh, people get uh, a little disappointed that there's not more there and they expect more but i mean benning is a, a five six guy and when he plays in your third pairing, you're pretty excited. You look around the National Hockey League at other teams, fifth, sixth defensemen, and you're like, whew, sure glad we got bending on our team. But due to injuries last year, due to lackluster play by certain players, uh, Benning was pressed into playing higher minutes than he probably should have and could have. But as a as a five, six defenseman who can come in at times and be your number three, four when you run into a tough spot, I think he does his job. Uh, he still needs to work on his strength, and, and I'm sure that's something that he continues to work on in the off season. but he's a smart, heady player. And if he plays as your five, six, then you're, you've got a pretty good team. Unfortunately for the Oilers with the injury to Sekra, and uh, it, it's moved everyone up one spot in the lineup. But no, I thought Benning, I thought Benning and Nurse were good tonight. They they were very strong. It was the the other foursome that are searching for a, a spot. And of that foursome, I thought Bear looked. I thought he was the best of the rest tonight. Two assists for Benning this evening. You can call in seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll get some post game reaction from Winnipeg as well. The Jets take this one five three, and we'll get into some goaltending discussion. Koskinen gives up five. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio six thirty Chan. Thank you, th- uh, thank you very much for tuning in tonight on the Advantage Trailer Rentals Out of Town scoreboard late in the fourth quarter. Detroit 26, New England 10. So the Lions will win and the Patriots will drop to 1-2. and two. The Edmonton Oil Kings 2-0 to start the season swept Red Deer in their home-and-home home set this afternoon at Clark. Edmonton Huskies improving to 4-1, 44-18 win over the Winnipeg Rifles. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Uh, Brad writes in to 630-630. What did you think of Koskinen? I don't think he was terrible, but he also didn't make any saves. As it is now, I think Montea- Montoya is the safer pick until Koskinen has improved himself in the minors. Well, great observations mm-hmm. by Brad. Good, good summary. The Jets scored some goals tonight on cross-crease passes mm-hmm. on some really good shots. But I'll quote Al Montoya from last year. Do you remember after that one game he said, it's the goalie's job to stop the ones you should and a couple you shouldn't. And one thing you always say, Rob, is when a goalie makes a save, maybe that shot was going right under the crossbar. But he blo- And there was a Brodziak had a nice shot down the left side, his off wing late in the game, and we were listening to Jack call it, and he goes, and and, and Hellebuck blockers it away. Mm-hmm. And it looked like Brodziak shot it pretty hard, and, you know, Hellebuck had to move his block. Maybe that one was going right under the well, crossbar, but we'll never know. Positioning. Positioning. Yep. Uh, most goaltenders tell you when they're playing well, they're not making five-bell saves because they're in the right position, so they don't really have to move. Uh, yeah, I, 
I, I don't know if you could look at any goal and you're going back into the to the training session with your goalie coach saying, all right, here, I got to be better on this one. I got to be better on this one. But you also didn't have any saves where you're thinking, well, or any of those big saves when they needed it. You know, Hellebuck made a couple of big saves. He was much busier. And at the end of the night, he comes away with two points. You want to be equal, if not better, than the guy at the opposite end of you. And in back-to-back games, he hasn't been. So when you out shoot a team 2-1, to one, as yep. the others did tonight. It was 41-21 tonight. So, yes, you, you would expect to, to have a better result at the end of the night. So I, I, I don't pin this one on him, but at some point you need a goalie to make a save. And, and a save at a big moment can change the, the complexion of a hockey game. And thus far, and it's only been two, two games, but I, a backup goalie is only going to get a certain amount of games a season. And he's going to have to come up big when he gets them. So, I, again, I don't know. Do they play Montoya and, and then create a controversy? If he goes in and gets a shutout or a one-goal game against, then all of a sudden you're like, well, I mean, how could you send this guy down? It'll be interesting going forward. But Costin has not had the start with the others that they had been hoping for. So they play Vancouver Tuesday, Arizona Thursday, Calgary Saturday, and then the game in Germany next Wednesday. You have to assume Talbot plays at least twice. Yep. I would think so, at the very least. I, right now, and they, they go and, to Talbot. And they can take three goalies to Germany. They and have they have 23-person roster. Yeah. But, but the, so, yeah, it's... Uh, There's four the, exhibition the, games left. The, the contract indicates the job was mm-hmm. handed to Koskinen. The, the play has indicated you can't hand the job to Koskinen. No, and here's the, the problem, because Talbot's going to want to play at least two games. So if he plays two games, that means there's two left. Yeah. So if you give one to Montoya and one to Toskanen, uh, or Koskinen, what if Koskinen doesn't have a good game or an average game, and he needs more time to get acclimated to the to the NHL rinks? Then does he get both games and Montoya gets none? What if he plays one, he's okay or average or worse, and Montoya plays a great game? Well, now you don't have enough games left to have the controversy or have the, the playoff between the two goalies because you got to give your number one guy the main game. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Montoya was good in the game he got. It would not shock me if they Montoya didn't get a game the rest of the way and they just gave two and two yep. and hoped that Kostinen will, will fill into the role that they need him to be in. Montoya will be there in the, the wings if they need him. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they handle it mm-hmm. because I mean clearly they want they want Kostinen to be At the two guy. and a half million, absolutely. And Montoya in his brief appearances, I think he made nine appearances yeah. for the Oilers was pr- pretty up and down. Yes. Uh, and and he does have. That's a, why he's. That's why Kostinen's here. Right, and and he does have obviously a bit of a injury history, concussions mm-hmm. as well. Though he did, he did say he had a really good summer and is feeling good. I'm not I'm not sure how they're going to handle it. Uh, that'll probably be a question for for Todd tomorrow. But it's you haven't seen. I mean, it's not like so. Koskinen was was really shaky on Monday, and then he came back with a game today where you can say, oh well, you know, it was it was solid. Yeah. I mean. Regardless of the quality of the shots, 16 out of 21 is a really bad save percentage. Yeah. So and you can't... And over the course of the season, there's going to be games where Talbot is getting the exact same grade-A scoring chances against, and he's got 19 out of 21 saves or or 20 or something. But, yeah, five goals against, and, I mean, he's given up eight goals and he hasn't played two full games yet. That's not good. That's not going to get you a lot of wins in the National Hockey League. Uh, just somebody asking about long-term injured reserve. If uh, the uh, Oilers place uh, Sekera on that, I mean that that could. 
he's, he's five and a half million dollars. But the thing is, if he is healthy in February, January, whenever mm-hmm. he's going to be healthy, then when he comes off, you're over the cap. So then you have to get rid of players, which is easier said than done. You can't just, uh, it's not like football where it's just like, well, you're off the team. Uh, you know, there's there are some guarantees there in the contract and sending guys to the minors. Sometimes portions of their salaries can still count against the cap. Wasn't so it, I don't know if they can go out and get a big money defenseman necessarily. Wasn't it in the last couple of years where teams have played a shorthanded in games to get under their salary cap? That was a cap? while ago, yeah. yeah, I think when it first started. And and the funny thing is that about that too is the salary cap doesn't apply to the to the playoffs. So the year Patrick Kane uh, came back, uh, remember when he yeah. had the, the I think he had a collarbone injury too, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, he was out long term. Uh, yeah, so then, so then the Hawks could just keep all those guys that they had because they waited for him to be ready for the playoffs. Yeah, so exactly. No, I mean if there was an easy solution to the defensive issues it would have been dealt with already um they obviously were hoping that Yerbeck was going to be the guy and again well they went out there's two signings this summer that they were going to fill gaps with uh Yerbeck on defense and uh Tosk- Koskinen in net and so far in the preseason the Oilers are saying okay what what happened here these guys were supposed to be what we needed and they haven't lived up to what they were supposed to give us and because of that they're giving headaches to Peter Shirelli and the Oilers brass Oilers lose 5-3 to the Jets. Two goals for Kyler Yamamoto. Here he is. Uh, I felt good, um, you know, um, you know, getting more comfortable every game. And, um, you know, I think our team played good. Um, you know, just a couple letdowns here and there, um, you know, might have cost us the game. Uh, you're averaging over a goal per game in the last two pre-seasons. Uh, it's just you, a matter of you being in your group right now? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I feel good on the ice. Um, you know, the team's really helped me out a lot too, so I'm um, feeling good out there. The deflection you got. In the old days, smaller guys couldn't get anywhere around the net, but now you can dart in, dart out, and they can't do anything to you. Smaller players, is that the way you kind of see it? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, you know, you got to go to those dirty areas to get those goals. So, um, you know, ever since I've been a younger kid, trying to get to those um, areas and, um, you know, good things happen when you go to those areas. I remember last year you had a thing with Bufflin, I think, in front of the net. Yeah. <laughs> a little one-sided I'm, I'm sure but but um you have to with every goal you score are you thinking to yourself okay i gotta keep scoring then there's no way they keep me off the team um you know i think it's it's more than just scoring um i think it's playing the right way um you know defensively and offensively um you got to do everything right so in edmonton they have five lefties on the power play and then tonight you had both power plays had four right shot guys on it so i mean it was odd but you guys worked it around nicely on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, power play I thought was good. Um, you know, we moved the puck around. Um, you know, Bears, you got a good one-two goal, um, so it was good. Uh, you guys outshot off the Jets today, 41-21. But can you just assess your team's overall performance here tonight? Uh, I thought it was good. Um, you know, I thought we worked off the goal line um, well. Um, you know, I thought we got a lot of good shots. Um, you know, I give credit to Connor. Um, he played really good. and. Um, you know, I thought we played good out there. Uh, you're kind of leading the youth movement with Ryan McLeod, Ethan Berry. You guys are all chipping in pretty well offensively. Um, is that encouraging to see kind of you succeeding alongside your peers as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, McLeod's a really good player, so um, it's always nice to have him um, right beside me and, um, you know, being there with me one step at a time. 
How does it feel that you got just as many goals as Mark Scheifele tonight? Um, <laughs> uh, feels good, but um, you know we didn't we didn't win, so um, definitely doesn't feel as good as him probably. Scheifele with two, Skyler McKenzie with two for the Jets, Kyler Yamamoto two for the Oilers, 5-3 Winnipeg beating Edmonton. You'll hear from head coach Todd McClellan when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. From the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. Yamamoto scores twice. The Oilers outshoot the Jets 41-21, but Winnipeg wins at 5-3. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Actually, we're not overly disappointed with it. Obviously, uh, anytime you lose, you're not happy. Uh, but there was a lot of good things we did in the game tonight and uh, things that we can correct and, and build off of. Um, got beat on... Uh, uh, in some situations where some really skilled players with skilled power play units uh, uh, found holes and put it in the net. Uh, we haven't worked or even talked about five on three yet. Uh, so there's another situation and I think what we're seeing are some players that are uh, beginning to separate themselves. Some uh, some good performances and then some pretty average ones. Is Yamamoto separating himself? In my opinion he is. He's uh, you know, he's had a, a real good main camp. Uh, I would say his rookie camp was just average, but maybe he was a little bit uh, anxious to get out here with the the, uh, the NHL group. But, uh, you know, since we've started together, he's been tremendous. Tonight he played left wing. It was a little bit of a test for him. Uh, he's been a real good penalty killer. And it's interesting when you listen to the new coaching staff come in and their comments, uh, he continues to grow on them. And uh, there is no liability in his game is what they some of the language they're using. So he's he's as good defensively as he is offensively. Did Ethan Bear take a step forward tonight? Well, he's he's been a pretty solid guy. He's got some experience in, in his game, and um, you know he uh, he moved the puck well. He defended well. I thought this was perhaps his best uh, exhibition game thus far. So uh, the answer to that is probably yes. Is this what you want, Todd? I mean, are you seeing some guys that maybe everyone had penciled in on the team getting pressure from? Yep. Uh, yes, the internal competition is important. Obviously, we weren't good enough last year. And um, if veteran players are going to get pushed out of the lineup, that's, that's, that's a good thing. Um, I don't like to see anybody lose their job, but it means we're getting better. Uh, the question is, if somebody's pushed out, can they? Uh, can the incoming players maintain their their pace, their tenacity, and their effectiveness in games? And uh, you know, we've seen it with Yamo. I think he can do it. There's some others we're wondering about. So, has your trust gone up with Yamamoto? Actually, I trusted him a lot, a lot last year. Um, you know, it is. Uh, I think he's a tremendous penalty killer, and uh, he's smart on the power play. So there's two situations that he can get some ice time. Five on five. You know, when you look at some scoring chances, uh, he may be the smallest guy on their team with the most touches around the blue paint. And that tells you something. He's either really smart and he's got a lot of uh, tenacity in the paint, um, maybe more so than some other guys that should be there. How do you think your goalie played? thought he was fine. He, uh, you know, they scored a couple off the post, uh, five on three, shooting in a little hole. Um, much better than he was in Calgary. He looked much more comfortable and way, way more under control. All right, so there's head coach Todd McClellan hitting on a lot of the highlights from tonight's game. He said he was okay with... Co- I mean, Koskinen did look more comfortable. He did. He did look more comfortable, but but again, you know, 5 out of 21 
went in. So I'm sure we'll see him in another preseason game. He said with Yamamoto, he's he's around the blue paint and, and in those areas uh, more than most, well, all the other guys on the team tonight. Well, and he said that he, he's there more than guys that should be there ahead of him, bigger bodies. Um, it's not easy scoring in the National Hockey League. Sometimes it hurts. It does, because you got to take a beat, and if you're going to stand in the blue paint. But if you've got a willingness to do it, you're going to be rewarded. And Yamamoto was. And you appreciate that. Uh, you appreciate that if you're a teammate, because you know he's driving the net. He's going to be where he needs to be. If you're a defenseman putting the puck on net, you know you got a, a body there that's either screening or going to touch the puck or going to get your rebound. So uh, he's doing all the little things. And when he came out of junior as a highly skilled player, they knew that he was capable of making plays. But is he capable of doing the little things that are going to allow him to play in all situations? And you heard Tom McClellan talk about the fact he trusts them in just about anything right now. All right, we'll see what happens next here with the Oilers. Will Yamamoto maybe get some top six ice time with some uh, established NHL players? That could happen. What are they going to do with the goalie rotation? They're back at practice tomorrow. Next game, next broadcast is Tuesday night. The Oilers will host Vancouver 5.30 for the face-off show, 7 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Tonight's final, Winnipeg 5, Edmonton 3. Yamo with two, Bear with the other one. Rob, you're going away. I am going away. I, I'm, I'm taking. I've earned my spot, so I can take the next <laughs> few exhibition games off and let someone else. Actually, no one else gets to come in. No. So no, I am going away for a couple days, and I'll be back ready for the season. I look forward to hearing about your trip. It sounds like a lot of fun. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer this evening. You can always get more on 630Ched.com. Canadian Brewhouse is presented, or Overtime Open Line is presented by Canadian Brewhouse, and we've been sitting in the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center. My name is Reed Wilkins. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 7.30. Tomorrow at 7.30, the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss and Morley Scott. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon.